0: Hello friends, my name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. Everyone, welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Elisa Kelly, and today I am here with so many of our friends, and I am here with Cole Prots, who you may know from episode 115 of Stars Like Us. We're back. We're live. It's it's a crazy thing. We're in person, as if a panini never happened, even though everyone <laughs> knows a panini is happening because they're wearing masks and it's super uncomfortable.
1: Yes. <laughs> Uh, Cole, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This is absolute insanity. It's so nice to see human beings and to be talking to everyone. Real human uh,
0: beings.
1: We're celebrating your, your book launch, which is so exciting.
0: Yes. So I invited Cole here because he uses Placidus. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> A little astrology humor. <laughs> I'm not kidding. But when Cole and I spoke um, during Stars Like Us, I just, I loved his energy so much i loved his approach and what i really thought was going to be super interesting for this conversation is that cole is also a consulting astrologer he works with clients just like me and working with clients is a very unique perspective on astrology i know so many of you here not personally and or at least in person because this is it's been a panini for a long time but i have worked with a lot of you guys one on one and that is really what this book is about it's about the experience and the joy and the wisdom that happens when you have the opportunity to work with so many different people see their charts and actually get to see astrology come to life so instead of it just being this like hyper technical oh it's you know in theory you should be like this if you're a moon in scorpio in theory you should be like this if you're aries rising it's like okay Each person is living their chart right and each person has a very very different life so if we know each person is living their chart and if we know each person has a very different life then astrology looks different for everyone so then how do you write a fucking book right like that's impossible (laughs) because it's not one size fits all it's something that is unique for every individual so having Cole here I thought was really cool because he and I can talk about how our different experiences inform our different practices And even though we might agree that Virgo moon is amazing and Pisces moon is beautiful and all of these things, we are going to have our own different perspectives of how that illuminates. So I'm now going to ask Cole some questions. So Cole, can you share with us what is your process of synthesizing all of the data and all of the information when you are working with someone one on one?
1: yeah i mean well so being a self-taught astrologer as well it was a really hard process for me to get to that point of understanding beyond just the textbooks because love the textbooks love you know learning just like the the technical knowledge but then it came down to a point where i would get feedback sometimes people like yeah this doesn't like really resonate with me early on and i was like okay i have to start crunching the numbers a little bit better and starting to piece the picture right? You know, start to make the puzzle be a little bit more accurate. So what I started doing was I would just give like, just throw out the general textbook knowledge, right? Just be like, hey, this is what this means, right? What do you feel about that? How is that resonating with you? Do you see that manifest in your life anyway? Because for me, I believe astrology is a lot about a conversation about, you know, between two people, about not only understanding yourself better, but also, too, understanding your client, right? Understanding the world, understanding the universe. And so it's not only taking now that anecdotal experience of spending, you know, time with like hundreds of clients and saying, okay, this Aries moon, one of, I'm an Aries moon, so that's why I'm using myself as an example. So of if course, I say, Aries <laughs> moons
0: are snapping. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So if I say anything
1: <laughs> rude about an Aries moon, just know it's coming from a place of love because I am one, but like this Aries moon is a little bit chaotic, but then there's some other Aries moons which are just like that true essence of like, let me be like supportive for others, right? And that sort of like galvanized energy of here for people, right? You know, that Aries energy of like supporting the underdog. So it's about understanding not only, okay, this one individual placement has this capacity, but then additionally as well too, when we start to learn and like look at the full picture, right? That's why you can't just look at your singular placements. Um, You have to like look at all of it.
0: And this is really interesting because to me, this is problematic in a way, right? Like, how do you, you know, the skeptics who are not here, this is like a safe space, which is really lovely. This is a really, this is a safe (laughs) haven. So in this safe haven, we can talk about astrology as valid and we could talk about how powerful and transformative and magical it is. And we can do that without somebody being like, uh, can you tell us about what NASA said the other day? Because... Obviously in like a non-rare book room, we have to deal with that. But even for us astrologers, at least for me, you know, the issue of how do these things that are generalized apply to everyone and how do we integrate that is complicated. And it's something I think about a lot because I don't, nothing is one size fits all. And you can't prescribe, you know, my Pisces moon, which you know I fucking wear on my sleeve, (laughs) is not necessarily how another person's Pisces moon is going to show up. And sure, we can account for it with aspects, and we can account for it with house placements, and we can account for it with all different types of techniques, but at the end of the day, and the reason that ultimately this is your destiny is a book of stories, is because it comes back to that individual person's story. And it comes back to, well, how does that chart make sense for them? And how does that chart illuminate their life And how does that chart provide insight and perspective and wisdom into their unique reality and their unique world that wouldn't have otherwise been available, right? And when we look at the chart and then we look at the timing and we look at the cycles and we look at the flow, we can also start to imagine, well, you know, if the postman comes every day at 3 p.m., then at 3 p.m. tomorrow, it's going to come. What are you going to do, right? Are you going to just sit there? Are you going to greet them at the door? Are you going to put a weird sign at the door and say, no mail, like no one's here? I don't know, but you have choices, you know, and that to me is what makes astrology magical and transformative and illuminating is that it provides insight. It provides choices, but it's so personal to everyone that it does require a lot of, okay, well, how can I use this to self-reflect? And for me as the astrologer, as the you know, as the guide in this conversation who's helping to use the tools that I have to have this dialogue, I want to know, what does it mean for you, right? What does it mean for you to feel the way you feel? What does it mean for you to live the way you live? And how can we use this additional insight of the chart to help you live your best life? That's a fucking book. Yeah.
2: <laughs> for That's that. for
1: that. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, when you were just talking now, it made me think about the times where I'll get like DM'd all the time where people will come up be like, I don't resonate with my son, right? You know, I don't feel as though like, I'm going to use Gemini suns again for an example. So no this one can is get mad. This a good
2: example. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh, but people will be like, I don't feel like I'm a Gemini son," And I'm like, okay, well, is that the only thing? placement that you understand? And
0: then you're like, yeah, that's what it feels like to be that's a Gemini That's also too
1: what it feels like to be a Gemini son Every day you're just like existential crisis. Who am I? Which uh, one are you? <laughs> you're going to get the fun call? You're going to get the crazy call? you Are going to the uptight one? Who knows? But what I loved about what you were, you know, you're saying is like, it's, it's kind of as well too. this sort of not an internal identity crisis for all of us as we like start to learn like our astrology, but it's this sort of like, oh my gosh, now I have this ability to be the more true authentic version of myself right and i think it's i mean biasly it's really special what people like us do in this consulted you know sort of astrology is we help people pull out that essence of them right and really understand oh my god this is where that sort of um, uptight virgo rising energy comes from (laughs) but then this is also too where that chaotic super competitive if i'm playing a board game i'm gonna flip it if i lose aries moon energy comes from but additionally as well too right in this book so you have like so many accounts of um like stories right this storytelling essence what really was the driving factor behind that right what really made you say oh my gosh this is it right now i want to make sure that people can not only see themselves through this book right but also to see the really cool anecdotes of others
0: so i personally learn best through stories i love storytelling i love hearing stories i love being told amazing stories i love the opportunity to tell amazing stories and the way that I metabolize information is not through a textbook. Yeah. It's simply not. And I have all of the books on astrology. I know some of you have seen the color-coded bookshelf. <laughs> That's the Virgo Mercury Mars. But And they're great references. They yeah. are. But I don't digest them in yeah. the same way that I do when I hear someone tell me a good story. Uh-huh. And then when I hear a good story, I like think about it and I ruminate on it and I I visualize it and it it comes to life. So I have this amazing life, I have this fucking amazing life where I get to hear people tell stories all day long and I think about them and I think about them before I go to sleep and I think about them when I'm in the shower and I think about them when I'm at dinner and I think about people and their stories and their unique points of view on the world constantly. And I learned about astrology, not through the textbooks, but through having those conversations. So even though this book, it's not a survey of the signs, it's not a survey of the houses or a survey of the planets. I hope that for readers, they are going to learn how to really digest Mm. astrology because we have everyone's charts in the back. So everyone who I am talking to in the book, all of the different clients, you're going to see their chart. So you're going to be able to sort of be on that journey with me. And you're going to get to see like, oh, shit, like that person does have a 12th house son, like, oh, no, what's going to happen? Because that's what it's like for me. Yeah. You know, when I pull up that chart and then I hear that person starting to talk and I'm like, really? And they're like, well, I'm like, there it is. There yeah. it is. That's why I think I'm a good astrologer. It's not because I am so technically proficient. It's because I can sort of weave things together and I can weave the narrative with the technicality and I can weave the emotion and my perspective with what they're sharing with me. So that's really, that's why I wanted to make a book. And also because we don't need another book on what all of the different signs no. are. We don't. There are so many good ones. There are so many great ones. And
1: we own all of them. We own all, of, we them. Read all of them. And them. they all say the same thing at the end of the day. They
0: do. <laughs> and they say it in different beautiful ways. But yeah. I don't think that that's what I'm here to do, you know,
2: yeah.
0: is just tell you about Aries and Taurus and Gemini. And can't I could, though. I would love to. But <laughs> but not in this book.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have a question about the book because there are accounts of people who have like similar type placements that ended up manifesting in like different types of ways. Like the reason this came to my mind is because I've worked, like there was this one week where I worked with like exclusively Scorpio Mercury's and like for like five, six of my clients in a row, they were just just giving me nothing. I was like, I was like, okay girl, give me nothing. Stone cold, stoic. I was like, you are, you are giving me everything I thought you would give me. But then there were like two clients who just like from the get-go just started like oversharing and like and overpouring and i was like okay this is not the scorpio mercury i was expecting but i'm living for it so there are accounts like that right where we're able to now see that duality of each of the potential types of placements or you know beyond that because people say gemini is the only like split personality bitch in the room but
0: oh no all all of them have duality and also we're in libra season if we want to talk about duality those scales (laughs) Woo! (laughs) What's in each of those, right? Yeah. Shit gets weird in Libra season. I talk about this in the book and we call it Tank, which means there are no coincidences. Yes, it's Tank.
1: Love that.
0: (laughs) And that was wild when that first started happening, when I would have enough sessions with enough clients, you know, in a day or in a week. And I'd be like, wow, all of you are Taurus rising. Every single one of you or all of you have had this horrible tragedy happen. You know, all of you have lost a parent or all of you have Gemini in Gemini Mars. You know, like all of you have this or all of you are like heavy fifth house people or all of you are tenth house people have Neptune on your tenth house or whatever. It was wild to see how I would get these groups and they would kind of come like in waves. And I started to realize a few years ago before writing this book that that was to teach me a lesson. I was receiving that so that I could learn about that in a deep way. And I could learn about it in a multidimensional way. And so that I could put my ego aside, put my technicality aside and be like, oh, it's a fifth house stellium. No, here's 15 people with fifth house stelliums and they're all totally different. Now what? Right. So that was tank for me because that was like, trial by fire, right? You have to learn what it means to have so many different types of the same placement. But the craziest thing that happened with this book is when I was putting this book together, and I've changed names, and I've changed some details to protect people. <laughs> the, you'll see that the charts at the end of the book, the clients all have a lot in common. And that was totally tank. That was a complete tank. And there was one story and there's one client in particular and i was when i was putting her in the book and i was talking to her about it and i was putting her chart there i did not realize that when i when the chart actually arrived how similar to mine it was going to look like and that was a tank that was a mirror and one of the things that i say is that you know us lovers are mirrors astrology is a mirror everything is a mirror everything is a way for us to be able to see Well, not just ourselves. It's a big mirror, right? It's like a beautiful landscape mirror where we can see things from a different vantage. Maybe it's two mirrors doing that awesome, like, trick, you know? (laughs) Like, it's two mirrors in a bathroom, and you're like, whoa, and you're like on mushrooms. You know, it's that. It's two mirrors, like mushrooms.
1: I love that. Yeah. (laughs) Hearing you talk about it, right, with this deep level of passion, right, and this deep level of, like, intimacy right for not just you know your craft but then also to the like the client at hand i think is something that a lot of modern astrologers are like really starting to tap into more right and really starting to dive into more and i know that um because i've done my sleuthing right seeing like you've been definitely Uh like named a lot of times it's like a very very big name right especially in modern astrology how do you think this is a very modern take on you know, astrology, because like, as you said as well, too, it's not that technical textbook anymore, which is like what we all, you know, learn when we get it. But now it's, it's such a beautiful modern synthesis of what I think astrology is going to continue to become.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think Twitter's going to drag me. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's going to happen. Because... And I'll go for them. I'll go for them. <laughs> because I do think that there, it's really interesting to practice astrology in the way that I practice it today, because I do see, especially with Gen Z with our younger astrologers a deep desire for the technical you know mm-hmm. whole sign is bigger now than it was 10 years ago yeah. like by a lot and that's cool that's cool it's a lot of rules i hate rules yeah. so like you know for me the poetry of the type of astrology i practice is paramount because why do it if there if it's going to just be more restriction you yeah. know like do it so that you can flow do it so that you can enjoy do it so that you could be alive and that you can see yourself moving through these different expressions you know yeah. I, that's what i love and i do think that modern astrology is cool you know i think modern astrology is cool i think contemporary astrolog, i think that traditional astrology is cool but for me what really gets me excited is the possibility for change Yeah, you know and manifestation of course of course of course and i do think that when you have the rigidity of some of the other practices you can get into that trap where you say oh well this is it this is who i am and there's nothing i can do about it Uh so you know like that's that and to me that's not what astrology is Uh, astrology is an opportunity to continue to expand and it's an opportunity to continue to deepen your relationship with yourself and your relationships with other people and with community and with what you see your role in the world as. So it's not, I, I don't like the rigidity. So I hope that this book is not, I hope it's accepted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope it's accepted.
1: Um, something that you said, like the poetry of it, it just like sparked in my mind. That's my
0: mom who's Aww. laughing. <laughs> Come on. She's a Pisces moon. Oh. <laughs>
1: But um, the poetry of it, right? And this is something that I've had like internal conversations with myself as well too. And uh, you kind of, you know, hinted towards it where, you know, if we all just went based on the textbook, right? Why would there be astrologers, right? Why would any of us have our own craft, right? Or, you know, people come to us when they can just buy a book and it'll tell them what they are. Um, whereas this poetry aspect of it, now it's sort of like bridging the gap between, um, it's like the the saying, right? Where it's uh, baking is science, right? And cooking is an art form. Where astrology is kind of like that, interplay, right? That in between of it's science, right? It's got that really technical, but now it's got this really, really great artistry to it, right? And this ability to, in a sense, right? uh, Paint the portrait, you know, paint the portrait of your client through their birth chart um, that, you know, might not be finished, right? But we're still adding layers to it. We're still developing to it. um, And we're still sort of, you know, piecing that together. So I think what you're doing is, I think it's going to resonate with a, a lot, a lot of people.
2: I fucking
0: hope so. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, jumping off of that, I think that you're right. Like, to me, the, and I'm sure you guys have had this experience as well. When you just, like, you've looked at your chart a million times over. There are the things that you have spent so much attention and detail on. And you're like, wow, yeah, this really defines me. And then the next thing you know, this fucking surprise jumps out in your chart and you're like i have never even seen that before like where did that come from i didn't even realize that i had that in my sixth house this makes so much sense i had no idea that these were an aspect and to me that's also poetry right that's the surprise that's the tank that is that you didn't need to know it until you did and i think that that's why that poetic aspect of astrology is really cool because you don't need to know everything. and that's also when we get magic involved, right? That's when things yeah. get very, very witchy. It's and that's witchy. Yeah, and that's <laughs> when my my true my true core self of a witch, which predates me as an astrologer comes out. And as a witch, you only need to know what you need to know when you need to know it.
1: Okay, period processing
0: that <laughs> period that makes sense right yeah you you only need to know what you need to know when you need to know it uh-huh. and that applies to everything but especially within the magical realm you yeah. know like if you and this is why when we're doing rituals and we are manifesting and we have candles and we have incense and we have all of this cool stuff and it's like oh no i didn't get the order right and it's like you didn't have to right you mm-hmm. did not have to get the order right you needed to do it exactly as you needed to do it because that was the way you needed to do it And yeah. that is applied to the birth chart too. Uh-huh. That's applied to astrology. I don't think everyone needs to know everything at any given moment. I think you need to know what you need to know when you need to know it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It was giving me very much like realize 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 vibes of what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, was here, I was like, it's, it's that exact
0: energy. Uh, <laughs> Which is maybe the spookiest spell of <laughs> all.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I loved what you're saying as well too. It's right, like you know, the way that it's going to manifest for you is the way that it's going to manifest. One of the big things that I always, you know, people throw back at me about like my chart. They're like, "Oh, you're you're a tenth house like Gemini sun. Of course, you're like big on TikTok and stuff like that." But like yeah. I, but like I see people as well too in their charts where I'm like, "Oh, they're like also a tenth house sun, but like they're not not everyone can be you know influential in that way." But I like to look at it from this.
2: Relax. Sense of- <laughs> it's okay
1: (laughs) um but it's about as well too finding those little nuggets in their life where they have that influence now right you know for some people it's obviously going to manifest in that super cut and dry straightforward like yes this is how it was going to happen but then for some other people it might not be that grandiose this is something as well too that i'm starting to talk about a lot with my clients is the um the astrology of like the mundane right where it's like sometimes it's just like a little just a little nugget right that extra chicken mcnugget you know, you thought you ordered six, but you got seven. You're like, oh, it's that extra one. But it's just, it's just that little, oof, this was good. And, you know, seeing that as well through people's charts, I think it plays a lot into the, like the personal anecdotes. Right. And I think is something as well too. And I don't know if you touch on this in the book at all is- Yeah, cause you didn't read it. <gasps>
0: we're getting to it i adore you i adore you i adore you
1: (laughs) (laughs) but you know like the like the physical environment right you know i know that you talk about you know the physical between the astral sort of you know in a manifestation perspective but thinking about even too like our our physical environment right the people who are around us and how that could potentially influence uh people's charts right i was raised by a, a capricorn mother love capricorns but this capricorn mother with like all of my mutable sign energy made me like super like i was like while we were setting up i was like do you guys need help like i'm here like let me support is there any sort of tie in that like at least even if you see in your you know in your work or even in the book
0: totally and this is exactly why you know one of my favorite questions that i get from skeptics is what about twins they're so different and this is and i'm sure some of you have heard me say this before but okay great two twins born minutes apart, seconds apart, almost identical birth charts. However, which twin is being held first by the mom? Which one is held by the nurse? Which twin is, has a little more, has some needs that need to be taken care of? Which one is like super healthy? Which one's ugly, right? There, you know, there is one, there is one. So, identical charts different circumstances instantly those identical charts are being received differently and then let's say they're both leos right one twin the pretty twin is like oh hello i've arrived the other one leo the
1: ugly one (laughs) is
0: already pissed off yeah and this is we're talking minutes old you know so and that continues to expand right through time our external stimuli affects the way our chart shows up so we can't just assign like oh you know you have a 10th house son of course you're going to be in the public eye because based on the external stimuli you may not have that opportunity or you may not know you need that opportunity which is why the first chapter of the book which is really like you know hard stop like after chapter one everything else kind of doesn't matter as much because it's about identity and if you can't without doing that work on what is my identity, who am I independently from the noise, regardless of the external pressures and obligations and stress and what everyone else wants me to be, uh-huh. who am I? And then you can start looking at your birth chart. And you can also look at your birth chart in tandem, of course, with that question, but you can't really say, okay, well, what is, what, how do I want to manifest money? Or what do I want my career to be? Or what kind of relationship do I want to have until you have really spent a lot of time with who am I? yeah what's my identity
1: i um well you just said like oh like what career you know i get asked that all the time people like what what should my job be and i'm like i can't tell you what to do i can tell you what you might be good at right or what your natural like gifts and talents lie but like that's up to you to decide right if you listen to everything that i tell you right just based on because i don't know you from adam right i don't know your you know yes we can dive into those experiences but at the end of the day like i love what you said about that right it's it's you got to know yourself first right yes astrology is a great catalyst to getting towards knowing yourself, right? Um, and helping you figure out and like piece those things together. But I would love to know as well, just more about at least if you're willing to share like your personal journey, right? With like the, the knowing yourself in tandem with astrology and how it, you know, led you here.
0: All right, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: the hard hitting questions.
0: <laughs> my personal journey with astrology was that I really needed help. Straight up. I really, really was lost. I was really confused. I really didn't know, chapter one, identity. I had no idea who I was. In fact, and I talk about this in the book, I was lying constantly. I was a compulsive liar. I would lie all the time about who I was, to different people, what I did, and it's because I really did not have a sense of self. I really was struggling to figure out who I was because all of the external stimuli was different. You know, I. Grew up here in new york i went to college in minnesota i graduated then i moved to la and by the time i was in la in my early 20s i had really i didn't feel like i had a core i, I didn't have a consistent person mm-hmm. so when i and i knew i was a leo but you don't <laughs> get that much from that especially when you're dealing with this kind of existential shit that i was dealing with right so it's like you love attention and it's like yeah sure i do but like i, I don't even know how to get it you know like i don't even know where i'm going to find that because i don't know who i am and for me it was finding my Pisces moon first, that helped provide that nuance where it was like, okay, yes, you're a Leo sun, but then on the inside, there's so much else going on. There's so many emotions. There's so many feelings. There's so much uh, pain, to be honest. I mean, there's so much pain. And that the relationship between those was eye-opening for me because it allowed them both to be true at the same time. And they were both true at the same time, but I didn't know that they could be. I yeah. thought it had to be that it was just this and then everything else didn't make sense. So when I discovered that and then added the Capricorn rising on that and added all of the Virgo shit and then add the eighth house, then we're going, you know, now, <laughs> now we're really fucking talking. And from there, I just, you know, this was a language that made sense to me. And it was a language that validated what my real reality was in a way that prior to it, I didn't have tools to understand and obviously the more that you go into these black holes of astrology the more that you just find yourself like discovering and realizing and then comparing and you're like oh my god my friends are like this and i'm like this and what does that mean and it just it really organically blossomed and it organically blossomed from such a true deep essential place and i think that that's kind of what Those are the places I went in with the book. You Mm -hmm. know, I did go back into the places of feeling super fragmented and feeling really confused and really not knowing who I was and where I belonged. So that's like, yeah, that's that's where it all came from. I love
1: that. (laughs) No, it's so beautiful. And I love that. Um. The way that you like you know shared with all of us it kind of like started with the pisces moon right that that traditional textbook magic placement right <laughs> um that like that inner magic and i think this as well too right you know tying back into the conversation of manifestation as well too you know helping people find their magic right and helping people as well to find that ability to pull that out you know what is that like for you and your your consultations right helping people identify the magic within them
0: so magic oh, my favorite thing ever i so it's cool because to me i had almost these two disparate practices i had magic and being a witch and manifesting but i didn't call it any of those things i mm-hmm. called it journaling or lighting a candle or carving something into a candle or like saying something in the shower over and over and over again i didn't know that there were like words like manifestation that could be around it so I had that and then I had astrology and then it was almost like these two different practices and they didn't see each other. And then one day or like not one day, but, you know, just for, <laughs> for
2: just narrative happened, purposes, you just woke up. <laughs>
0: one day, everything changed. No, wh- I guess gradually and incrementally and slowly and boringly, I started to realize <laughs> that like the information that I was getting from astrology about my truth, my identity, what I wanted, who I was, what I cared about could inform The manifestation, and that there was this beautiful flow between the the self realization through the birth chart and realizing that everything that exists around us is just one dimension. You know, and I don't, I'm, I am not going cue on you guys. I promise. This is, I, I, you know me. You know, we're all vaxxed. Like this is fine. (laughs) It's fine. But this is the physical world. Yep. But everything that exists here. Everything physical, this conversation, everything that you see wasn't always here. It wasn't. It had to come from something else. Mm -hmm. And it had to come from the non-physical, the astral, the intangible world. And to start to realize, like, well, if I can imagine something in the non-physical, intangible, astral world, and then I can visualize it or I can write about it or I can speak it or I can share it. And then it appears in the physical world, that's like being an inventor. It's like being a smarty pants, you know, like you can make (laughs) things happen. And I started to get examples of it. I started to see it happen. This is that, this wasn't gonna be here if that wasn't created. So these are examples of things that weren't just innately here. They had to be developed and created and manifested. So the book goes into these different spaces, We talk about these (laughs) physical worlds and these astral worlds and what the flow is between them and how these different areas of your life, uh, the different chapters of the book, how you can continue to harness them, cultivate them, fortify them for yourself to be able to make things happen that you really want to happen and also make things happen that you are excited by and that you feel like they should happen, but they don't exist. Right. So it's like, why not give it a try? Why not?
1: Yeah. I love that. I love that energy. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> obsessed. <laughs> Absolutely obsessed. You were talking about the different chapters in the book as well. And I know we, we talked about this um, just because I think it's just like purely so impressive. Can you just like let everyone know like how you got down to, you know, defining the chapters of the book?
0: It's really embarrassing. So, <laughs> I think it's um, impressive. <laughs> so I've had a session with a lot of you. And when you do a session, you fill out an intake form. And in the intake form, you write if you have any questions. So I, I store all of those, obviously. Um, so I, what I did is I downloaded years and years and years and years of data. And also, the questions are, you know, when you guys write the questions, you're not writing that. It's not like a drop-down list. You know, you're like being like, blah, 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 blah. So I had to go through all the questions. And then I started to color code them. And I, I made a big Excel document and I started color coding all the questions. And then when I color coded them, I found that there were these consistent themes. And when I found the consistent themes, I reduced it to seven. So there are seven core chapters of the book based on the most popular questions that I get. And every question is sort of embedded in one of those chapters. So it's identity, it's money, it's community, it's Intimate relationships, career, the tough stuff is what the chapter is called, really serious challenges, and then intuition. So those are the seven chapters that I go into in the book because those are the questions that people ask about or those are the themes that the people, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Now, um, so examples, right, of manifestation. You know, does each chapter have this different sort of, um, you know, manifestation technique or you know diving into like how to manifest all that jazz um the physical astral based on those areas of life and then maybe we could as a group manifest something Cole I thought you'd
0: never ask (laughs) 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 my goodness Um, yes there's so there's 14 manifestations in the book and they because each of those seven has one for the internal world which is a reflective internal private exercise and then one for the external, which means you have to fucking do something about do it, it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta do something about it. So there's fourteen, which is cool. And you know, in another world it would have say fourteen ways to manifest your best life on the cover of this book, but it doesn't. It doesn't, because I'm a classy bitch. <laughs> the
1: alternative title.
0: <laughs> t- yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yes, and I, you know, some of you will know them. Some of you will know them from our sessions because they are tried and true practices. They're things that I do. They're things that I have worked with people on. And they're things that I have really seen amazing results from. So shall we do a manifestation?
2: I
1: would love to. Did we get
0: the signal that it's our we time? We okay, did get the signal.
1: <laughs> That's why I let into the
0: question. <laughs> we were... Uh, talking about maybe we should pull the fire alarm to signal that it's time to do the manifestation portion
1: (laughs) that would have been fun right
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't run there's no actual fire just stay (laughs) stay we're gonna manifest (laughs) ignore the sprinklers um okay so we're gonna do a manifestation for we're gonna do the two because it's a flow there's a little image in the book that says internal astral and you're gonna see it has an infinity sign and it's a flow between them okay so that's that now we're going to do one for each of those dimensions. So we're going to be doing one manifestation for the internal and one for the physical astral and then physical. So we're going to start with the astral. So I'm going to need you all
1: to close your eyes.
0: I, I'm not going to do anything creepy. So don't even worry about
1: it. <laughs> 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 Meanwhile, she's like running around. I'm robbing
0: thoughts. everyone. <laughs> I'm taking all your Vax cards. <laughs> Freaky. Okay. No, i not that weird. Okay, so also if you hate closing your eyes in groups of people, me too. So you can also just like lower them and be calm with them. But I want you to, and I'm going to do this with you guys. I want you to think into six months from now. So we would be Aries season, it would be the beginning of spring. So we are going through all of winter and we're emerging at the beginning of spring. And I want you to, really discover and find and explore what brings the corners of your mouth up and makes you smile. What does that look like? What is that? Where are you? What's happening? Who are you with? And what is bringing that that joy, that positivity, that passion, excitement, into your consciousness and it could be anything. And if you are trying to negotiate against yourself, stop it right now. Allow yourself to have fun with this. There is no one judging you. It's just you and what brings you joy. So just sit with this and associate it with something, a color, an object, Maybe the shoe that you're wearing, maybe these string lights, but find something that you can attribute to that feeling of joy so that it's really tangible and that you can come back to it and you can access it. Okay. When you have it, open your eyes. Look at me. Hi. Hi, beautifuls. Okay. Okay. Number two, this is now for the physical, right? Because that was our internal, our reflection, something that doesn't happen yet, something we've created. This is where it gets hard. You need to tell the person next to you. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm sorry to say, but that is how we make it happen in the physical. You gotta tell, you've gotta speak your truth. You've gotta speak your truth. So okay. I I think that you guys everyone should have a have a buddy, right? You guys are buddies, you guys are buddies, you guys are buddies, you guys are buddies, you guys you're all buddies, you're all fucking buddies. We're all friends here. You're all buddies. But as buddies, I need you guys to take turns telling each other what it is. So I'm gonna give you like a minute.
1: Okay, everybody,
0: that is enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> enough. We really did incite a riot with that. We, maybe we should pull the fire alarm. Should we <laughs> pull the fire alarm? Hi.
2: Hi. Hello. so exciting.
3: <laughs> um, I feel like I should just start. I'm a Scorpio sun, yes. Pisces moon, Virgo rising. Work. Hola. <laughs> <Hala. laughs> Literally. Yes. Okay, my question is around um, using astrology to understand and be okay with your own emotion because mm. i think as a pisces moon like there is so much pain oftentimes misunderstood like don't even know where it comes from just want to cry how do how have you used that as a tool to like be okay with that and kind of like sit in it and help other people with that can i take this one
1: absolutely <laughs> the girl, pisces moon to pisces moon to all you <laughs>
3: Well,
0: first of all, that makes me want to cry. That's a beautiful question. And it's your gift. It's what makes you magical. It's your That sensitivity is is your poetry. That sensitivity is what animates you. And especially with the Scorpio sun on top of that, that's so many feels. And that's what makes you really special and makes you who you are. So even though sometimes it can feel like it's too much for this world, you know, and it's like there's not a container for it and it's really hard. But when you think about the water element, right? It can only be contained for so long anyway, right? It does eventually push through. So instead of forcing it into those boundaries, allow it, give it permission to just be, you know, and to see what happens through that process and on the other side of that process, because you are its it really is a wave, right? And you're not always going to be as impained and as miserable, as you will, from one day to the next. And in those moments when there is so much, there's so much that needs to be reconciled, on the other side of it is so much joy and so much creativity and so much play and so much exuberance that wouldn't be accessible if the other stuff wasn't there. And in the book, in the last chapter, spoiler, I talk about like if you've ever taken a drawing class or a photography class, they talk about value scales where every value scale is relative to the work itself. So like every painting, every photograph has a darkest dark and a lightest light. And it's always, you know, it's, it's relative to that. So it doesn't matter what anyone else's look like. Yours has to have that darkest dark and lightest light. And it's not because they have that tonality that we say, like, oh, this is horrible, it's too dark, it's too light. No, it's, be- it's because of that, that we have all of the tones and the gradients and the grays and the dimension and the nuance. So I think that even though it's difficult, that difficulty is part of what makes you you. That's part of what makes you magic. And that's part of what should be you should celebrate and exalt as much as possible even if it makes other people fucking uncomfortable. But, like, it won't make any of us uncomfortable. So it's also about finding your people, you know?
1: That was beautiful. <laughs> Another question here?
2: Hi. Hello. Am I listing my big three? Or? Yeah, please. Okay, I'm a Scorpio rising, and a Virgo sun, and a Gemini moon. Love. <laughs> it's so weird for me to just speak like this. My Scorpio rising is not happy. But uh, my question is, where do you see astrology kind of merging with... Spiritual psychology or do you have any insight as to where to look because that's what I'm studying and researching
0: there's such an overlap But I, I this is where I'm also so Personally and I would love your thoughts on it, too, but I I'm so trepidatious about Because a lot of the time Someone especially someone who doesn't know what I do will be like you sound like a therapist and I'm like the work is Therapeutic, you know, but I'm not a therapist and I do think that that's an important distinction for me because I haven't gone to school for psychology or therapy. So I don't know how to implement those specific types of techniques. And honestly, I don't want to. So that's why I'm not doing it. I like what I do. And I think it is therapeutic. And there are, I mean, Jung, right? M- Mr. Carl Jung. Like so much overlap between astrology and the archetypes and psychology. But I do think that one of the things that I think is cool is that there's a lot of different ways to have therapeutic experiences that are not just
1: psychology based.
0: And I think astrology is one of them.
1: Yeah, I can I mean I completely agree. I like to make the joke um, in one of my my stand-up routines because I just started doing stand-up. Did you open mic?
0: Oh my God. A review. I'm not that good.
1: <laughs> but like one of my like jokes is that like I'm an unlicensed therapist for gays, witches, and women going through midlife crises. <laughs> um That's- but as someone who is well too, like, I mean, you know, vulnerability moment, I've been in you know therapy and counseling since I was like 11 years old, 24 now, that's 13 years of, you know, talking to someone, you know, shrinks, um, you know, psych- psychiatrist, all of that jazz. And it really wasn't until astrology that I was able to contextualize, at least for my own unique experience, all of this stuff. Because I've been great therapists, shitty ones, all of that jazz where now I'm able to, at least from my own anecdotal experience, be like, okay. Yes, it's an incredibly therapeutic experience, but by no means do I want to, one, go into more college debt to get that degree. Um, But then additionally as well too, right? It's just, I... um I kind of say like my one-on-one readings as well, too, are kind of like a Vegas situation. What happens here stays here, right? Whatever conversation we end up having is between you and me, right? I at least give that sense of like that therapist, the HIPAA vibes. Very yeah.
2: licensed
0: here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is it, the HIPAA?
1: But I say as well, too, I'm like, listen, at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what the chart, right? The story that the chart is telling me and whatever you choose to share, that's up to you, right? I've I've had clients who like for a half hour fully just don't say anything besides, mm-hmm, great and I just share it, and then they'll email me later, but like, that was like an incredibly cathartic experience, right? So it's really about just understanding that the action itself doesn't necessarily have to be like you know that, that psychological therapy, so to say, right? Or that psychological sort of like, let's solve the problem sometimes. Um, it just has to be, a, in my opinion, it's just kind of like, it's a conversation that just happens to be that emotional release.
2: And our next question is over here hi um so i am a leo sun virgo moon scorpio rising Love. basically my question is i grew up very religious um and so i also found my way to astrology through witchcraft but i have a hard time with obviously with things like there are no coincidences you kind of go well then who is coordinating this and that's very hard for me especially in like a, Recently, in the past year or so, some of my practices have been very affected by it. I accidentally manifested some really fantastic things actually in 2020. And I don't know who to be grateful for, partially because of the religious experience that I've had in the past. And I would like to know how you guys rectify that. In yeah. Your
1: okay. So I talk about this all the time. I was raised hella Catholic. Hello. I like to say that the, um, the, the former Catholic pipeline is a direct route to witchcraft and astrology as well. So it's, it's a, it's a straight line in my experience, but that was something as well too, that I struggled with a lot. And I still too. I mean, Catholic guilt still in me, even though I don't, not Catholic anymore where I'm like, what, what is this? Right. Where is this going? And I've um, through my own, you know, witchcraft practices as well, my own spiritual practices. I've done a lot of um, a lot of shadow work, a lot of um, like astral projection, a lot of past life regressions and stuff like that. And through my own unique experience, right, I've been able to now attribute that to my spirit guides, right. Um, one of which is my my late grandmother. Her her spirit, her energy, beautiful story. That's a different that's a different conversation. But basically, our spirits have been intertwined since the, the beginning of time, basically. So now I've been able to say, because I need that, I need that. Like, who do I say thank you to, right? Who do I have to give that back to? Uh, for me, I was able to identify a spirit guide in my life, right? I was able to identify, at the very least, a figure through this m- this physical existence that I know who got me to where I am today. So even if it's not the big man in the sky, I'm still at least, a, you know, the, the Catholic guilt, right? the Catholic sort of like, what, what what is it? Why is this? I can tie it to something. And I think that's helped me a lot with the rectification of being like, okay, I don't happen. And I'm also too a firm believer that spirituality manifests itself in different ways for different people. You can't understand theology without understanding sociology. So, you know, you can be Catholic, you can be Buddhist, you can be you know Jewish, anything like that. It's just a matter of there's something else, right? And for me, it was learning to accept the ambiguity of the something else, but finding that little tether back to my grandma, right? Back to that person who, started it all for me right got me down that path and i think that's something that i at least try to share as well too with you know other former religious now not so religious just spiritual type people as being like it doesn't have to be you know a finite answer as long as it's a unique answer that makes you feel at peace right is really what it boils down to
0: i just want to add that i came from the other place i was an atheist so i think that in a way it's almost as problematic to find there are no coincidences when you believe in nothing No, for real, because then it's like, well, then what the fuck is this? Like, then why are there no coincidences? Nothing. You know, what's the connective tissue? Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm really experimenting with God being very many different things right now. God is trees, but God is also people and God is also animals. And God is also books like God could be not the Bible. God
1: could be anything. (laughs) (laughs) Not her. We don't know her.
0: (laughs) That would be too obvious. (laughs) Yeah. I think that in the same way that if you come from uh, an institutional background and then you're like, but how does this reconcile? If you come from no background, it's also like, well, how does this, how do you integrate that? Yeah. And I think that just allowing yourself also to change it every day and to feel differently every day is also cool. You know, like one day you might feel like it's what you learned. And then another day you'll feel like it's something totally different and allowing that room to explore i think is where the beauty
3: is
1: of course thank you
2: all right our next question is right over here hi hello hey.
3: so uh while we're sharing our placements i'm a virgo sun virgo moon buckle up virgo venus oh. virgo jupiter all in the eighth house where? so <laughs> i like very often feel like i'm like fully in the astral plane like i'm not even here in this universe like you talk about existential crises. you look crises. great though thank <laughs> you <laughs> The existential crises memes really get me, but so I'm very intuitive and I, as I do this work and as I follow you, like I come to feel like I know a lot of things to be true, but I struggle a lot with trusting those things. So like, what is your best advice for when you feel like you've come upon that like tank moment, trusting it, knowing that you're going to do the right thing in that moment other than just like believing in tank? Like what's that like a, a little nudge into believing? You know, sometimes I don't always
0: believe it. You know, sometimes I get really pissed off at things and I'm really angry and I feel like things aren't going according to plan. You know, and I'm like why is everything so hard? Why is everything like this isn't what I imagined? And then that's when I just really have to surrender. And I really do have to trust that that's when Saturn comes in. You know, that's when you need time, you need wisdom and you need perspective and sometimes in a in a singular moment you're not going to have that. And that's the tankness, you know, is that you're not going to have everything figured out moment by moment. So you do have to say, okay, this is beyond my scope of understanding, but I bet I'm going to understand it more in six weeks. I bet I'm going to understand it more in the next lunar cycle. I bet I'm going to understand it more in a year. And then that provides so much insight. And then you can reflect and look backwards on that and glean more tank (laughs) and then tank to tank,
3: tank, 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 tank.
2: And we have time for one more question.
3: Hello, I'm Abigail, and I'm a Taurus Sun, Virgo Moon, Leo Rising. Love. So much Virgo energy.
0: Yeah, There's so I, much
3: I, Virgo I,
1: energy. Oh.
3: Bookstore. I feel safe. <laughs> this is a
1: safe place for Virgo energy. All of,
3: <laughs> all of little intuitive, traumatized Virgo moons. Hello. <laughs> I see you. Um, my thing is actually about trauma, but what are you mentioned like the hard stuff in your book, and something that I often wonder is. Because you can't really be like, so this is where your trauma came from in your chart. But what are like some indicators of how we express trauma? Like what is a way, because I think that even if you're like not an expressive person, you have to put it somewhere, right? I think everyone's expressive. But like, if you're not a person who's like, I'm a very expressive person, so someone's going to feel my trauma eventually. But I, you know, I, I, you know, see friends and stuff and they aren't, you know, used to it. And like, what are some indicators of like how someone needs to express their trauma or display their trauma (sighs) well trauma is complex well
0: obviously (laughs) (laughs) i love how much you guys want to talk about pain me too i'm the same you know i think this is not a me quote this is a full roomy quote right the wound is the place where the light comes in and then it was adapted by leonard cohen Everyone smart says it you know (laughs) And, but it's true. I mean, like, I really believe that someone's greatest gifts live with their greatest pain. And I, I really believe that in every cell of my body, like put it on my tombstone shit. You know, like I swear by it. I swear by the fact that our pain is our power. I really, really do because that's why it's there, you know? And when we've had, Whatever the circumstances that created that pain for us, however they arise, we had to adapt. We had to survive. We had to make do with those situations. So, to me, it's really embracing it, understanding it, like sending it so much compassion, finding love and appreciation and gratitude and care for it and nurturing for it that we also find where some of our unique magical abilities are. Because that they, were, they all arrived in that same Petri dish, you know? Like, it was from that muck that we became who we are. And that's why going in there is also going to... You're going to get those magical pearls, you know? So, obviously, like, people need to be in counseling and get help and have the medications they need and all of these things. But from an astrological perspective... I want to go in there and I want to see what's going on because that's where I know that you're really gonna shine. you know what I mean,
1: yeah, and I think um, just adding on to that so I just I just recently started working with a mentor because I was like I need to start leveling my you know shit up because I'm like being self- taught for so long it's like let's just like that next level and um incredible astrologer thirty plus years living in the south of France I'm like, I want your life. Oh, Oh, she's incredible. I'm obsessed with her. But something that we were talking about recently, because we were doing a deep dive into aspects, she asked me, was like, what is your favorite aspect in your chart? And I sat there and I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, m- my immediate gravitation was towards my, my moon and my Saturn conjunct each other in the eighth house. Because I think that speaks a lot about who I am as a person and like my, my true deep character. I've got a bunch of great trines and like beautiful aspects to each other. Like My sun is trine, my Uranus, and there's a beautiful trine between my Jupiter and Venus. And I'm like, oh, love, love, love incredible. But she, she said, I'm glad that you picked that one because, you know, you could be looking at a client with a bunch, like, you know, just exclusive trines in their chart or like sextiles and beautiful, like harmonious placements and aspects. But, you know, it's kind of uh, that sort of like that Kardashian mentality, right? When it was like, life is so easy. It's like, where's that substance? And not to say anyone in here who has like a chart full of trines doesn't have like substance to them. Um, but it's those, it's like looking at those hard aspects, right? And those harder placements, right? And especially too, I think, to like those really interpersonal planets, right? To the moon, for example, For it's the easiest one to kind of like pull out, you know, emotions, um, where I look at, I'm like, okay, that's really what your core probably is, right? That's probably where you're gonna have the most character development because that's probably what on a day-to-day you struggle with the most. Let's dive into that. Let's talk about that, yes? I will give you like the little pat on the back, like, yes, amazing, right? Uh, like a, a Taurus Venus, woo, great. I'm so happy, but it's it's. I like to look at the things that are just, um, you know, from the traditional uh, perspective, a little bit harder, right? A little bit more challenging, because then I'm going to be able to get into the substance of who a person is, right? Find the the diamond in the rough, so to say. So I think looking at in particular those really, you know, traditionally textbook hard ones are the ones that I like to look at and then dive into deeper. Be like, okay, how now does it play with the full scope of who this person is?
0: And just one more quick thing, because I know they're going to say, get out, but on that i have a a fucked up chart you're going to see it in the book for your with your own eyes you're going to see this impossible chart i had the chart that didn't have the privilege of being like oh how fabulous you know i had a chart that was like if you're going to work with this chart you better figure out what it means to have an eighth house stellium and a 12th house stellium and chiron on your descendant and your sun conjunct your south node in the eighth and all of these things like and i had to love it Right. Because I had to love me. I had to find how to love myself. So I had to love that in order to get to that. So that to me, like I I'm sorry for everyone I've had a, a reading with who I've not called out your beautiful Taurus Venus and been like, You're so fabulous. Look at you. Because every time I look at a chart, I'm like, oh my God, I want to cry with you. I love this. It's so beautiful. It's so sad. It's so heartbreaking. Because to me, it's like I see, I only see the tough stuff. I only do because that's what these eyes see with my stupid ass jar. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)